are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. The number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Crossover Thursday with Matt Derry from Locked On Lions coming up in just a second. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen of the day. Big news on the injury front. Well, the practice front on Wednesday. Josh Myers returned to practice, opening up his three-week window. He can return anytime in the next three weeks, but they have until January 26th to get him out on the field. Big move for him. Lucas Patrick is a quality, solid center. He is not the pass protector or the people mover that Josh Myers is at center. Inside, you'd like to get a little bit more push there. David Bakhtiari practiced or was an estimated participant, but he he practiced. Um, and J- Jair Alexander is on the COVID list, would, would have practiced presumably, but didn't. These are important, important moves for the Green Bay Packers to get healthy. Will they play this week? That is still very much TBD. I would be surprised, especially on Josh Myers, if he were going to go out there. Um, This is the first time he's practiced in months. David Bakhtiari at least got some work in, then had the setback, and then now was back. And then, you know, this this back and forth with him. But he's gotten some work out there. I think on short notice, you might feel a little bit better about him going out there and getting a chance to get on the field. All right. We have plenty to get to with our crossover And this doesn't mean as much for the Packers as it does for the Lions. So we are going to spend most of our day uh, on the crossover and we will get to that in just a second. But before we do, today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue to march into the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all your sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to get started from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, down to your favorite Las Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for 2022. BetOnline, the fastest an easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts it's a week 18 crossover edition locked on packers locked on lions i'm peter bukowski with matt Derry from locked on lions and and matt uh this is a game that in terms of don't tell matt lafleur this because he pushed back on this idea but <laughs> it, it doesn't mean anything on paper there's still something to be gained here, something to be learned theoretically, right? Sell this. <laughs> Pete, you know I love talking to you, buddy. Happy New Year. Uh, you too, man. Let's go, baby. Lions-Packers. Why is it that every year Lions-Packers is week 18 and the game means nothing? This is getting boring. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about hub-arc-ish or bums or vaccines. Come on. Plenty, uh, plenty of kneecap. juicy stuff to get to. <laughs> You're you've been on the kneecap biting train. Uh, there's like one person left on it. That's Peter Bukowski. I tell people all the time, but uh, I don't know what to say. I mean, this is sort of a weird. It is weird. Like, are the Packers gonna they gonna play their starters? Like, what's that? Why would they possibly do that? 
well, uh, I, I guess they, th- they, they think it's about sharpness. They think it's about, um, keeping the momentum up and the rhythm up. I don't, I don't, I don't really know what to say about that. It's, I get it to a certain degree. I, I think Matt LaFleur is building a uh, we need to stay sharp sort of mentality. I think that's born out of some issues coming out of bye weeks in the past. But I think the players want to play uh, three weeks off is a long time. And I also think it's a big part of, you know, David Bakhtari practiced on Wednesday. Josh Myers practiced on Wednesday. Jair Alexander would have practiced if he weren't in COVID protocols. I think they want to get those guys back and see them in a regular season game before the playoffs get started. For the Lions, they have actual evaluations to do for yeah. some of these guys moving forward. Uh, what is the situation at quarterback? Who are we going to see? Is it going to be the Tim Boyle laser show? Is it going to be Jared Goff? What's the situation? <laughs> well, first of all, who was it? It was Tom Silverstein and one other Green Bay writer. And I don't want to just start a bash session here, but they were the ones that were tweeting when Tim Boyle signed with the Lions. Oh, he's going to push Goff. Ryan Wood. He's terrible. What are you, what are these guys talking about? The laser show. I, I refer to him as Mr. August because at about mid July, as you know, uh, trudging through those summer shows, I said, listen, I know what's going to happen. Tim Boyle's going <laughs> to, Tim Boyle's going to be unbelievable in the preseason. Yep. And the fans are all going to want him to play instead of golf because he was good in green Bay to an extent in the preseason. So I, I, I dubbed him Mr. August. He was brutal in the preseason. Then he broke his thumb. Then he comes back and they have to rush him into the start against the Browns where, I mean, the most, I mean, he maybe threw a five-yard pass as the, as the deepest ball of the day. He's gotten a little better, but even last week against Seattle, three picks and just unsure of some throws. And I don't know. I mean, to me, he's a number three on a team, but right now it looks like golf really wants to play. Uh, they're taking it easy with them. But if I had to guess here as we record on a, Wednesday into Thursday, I, I would think that golf will give it a go. And I think the Lions want to win. They really want to have a, a stamped victory in January to lead into next year. And they already are going to be getting either the number one or the number two pick. And uh, so they're at least locked into top two. And with the hope, I'm sure, of Jacksonville taking Neal from Bama and then either Thibodeau or Hutchinson are there for the Lions at two. But they're going to try to win this game. They are preparing that way. They just have so many injuries, as you know. And uh, plus they're not even that real, you know, very good either. So the Packers also locked into one, uh, or two, but in this case, we know it is, it is one for sure. Different kind of, of locked in and a different kind of one. Uh, th- I had, uh, Daniela Bruce from locked on now on yesterday. And when we were talking about hope and Dan Campbell, I, I, I did say kneecap biting, but, um, you're addicted. I am. I am. Um, but there are there are real, I, I think, signs of hope or at least players to be excited about Panay Sewell and the season that he's having, although he's in COVID protocols right now. Amon Ross St. Brown has been a revelation uh, for for the Lions. So, I mean, give me give me a couple names that, that maybe the the Packers fans who haven't watched the Lions, which I assume is most of them, that they may not know about that, whether they're going to play on Sunday or not. Uh, that they should maybe know about and, and say, hey, these are these are guys that are future pieces. They're something for this team. There are. And I think that that's one of the positives that you could take out of this year. Look, you you can't say much positive about this season. They have two wins <laughs> and, and they're not very good. And you knew the rebuild was going to be bad. I had them winning four games this year. I thought 4-13, 4-13 was going to be the record. Now they're sitting at, you know, 214 and one, um, which, which is not good. But you're right. But very Amon easily Ross could have won a couple other of those games that they lost. Yeah, 
That's true. I mean, the Ravens game was was certainly right there, if not for Justin Tucker and the, and, and, and the Minnesota game in Minnesota. And, of course, they beat Minnesota uh, at home. Um, and Pittsburgh and Cleveland, they were right there. Um, but Amon Ross St. Brown, you mentioned the wide receiver and fourth round pick has been fantastic. I, I could, can't believe how good he's been. Uh, you mentioned Sewell. I like Amani Oruarie coming back next year as really the top corner with Jerry Jacobs, a UDFA cornerback, and Okuda, if healthy. So you figure you got three corners for next year right there that you're locking in and, and really like. Uh, the O-line is really good, actually, and uh, uh, and has depth now because Evan Brown, the backup center, has played very well in Frank Ragnow's absence. Uh, so your O-line of Sewell, uh, Jackson, uh, Ragnow, uh, Big V, Baitai, and and uh, um, uh, Sewell are all set for next year with some depth. So that's good. But they, they're going to need to add some more receivers, another tight end to go with Hawkinson. And the question of quarterback is still there. I mean, I think Jared Goff will be back based on his salary. But there were weeks you went, my goodness, no wonder Sean McVay kicked him to the curb. And then there were other weeks he was okay. But it's not been good enough. They've played, what, 16 games, and I believe 11 of the 16, they've been 17 or 20, point, uh, 20 points or below. That's That's ridiculous in this day and age of offense in this league. But yes, there are some guys. Jalen Reeves Maben is another guy that's made some plays on defense yeah. that might be back next year, but they still have a lot of holes to fill on that side. And uh, uh some they're better on offense, but still still need help at receiver outside of St. Brown and maybe Josh Reynolds, maybe. Uh, I also am am thinking about the the coaching staff. I really liked that Dan Campbell said, okay, I'm not the offensive guru. I'm not the defensive maven. I'm not Vic Fangio or or uh, Wink Martindale defensively. Offensively, I'm not Sean McVay. I'm not Kyle Shanahan. So he went out and got a bunch of coordinators that that I really liked, um, especially you know the, the going with a lot of these former players, giving them some chances. It seems like he's building a culture there. And usually when we hear that, that's when I go, I don't know how this is going to go. Because right. culture only gets you so far. You still sure. need to be able to call plays. You still need to be able to make in-game adjustments, all that stuff. But the one thing you can say definitively about the Detroit Lions in 2021 is they will fight. They will play hard. And I, I, I do think that kind of stuff matters, that when you get some better players, and, and you and I agree, they need some better players, that if you can translate that, all of a sudden you might really have something. It's wild to think that uh, you look at the, you're right. The assistant coaches mostly are all former players, guys like uh, Aaron Glenn, Antoine yep. randall L, Mark Brunel. Uh, Hank Fraley is a great offensive line coach um, mm-hmm. so and a former player. So you got a lot of that. You're right about the culture. I, I can't argue that with Dan Campbell. You and I have talked about this before. Can he coach? Right. Can he throw the challenge flag at the right spot? The, the, he's gone for it on fourth down more than any coach in the league, and his percentage is pretty good. But even last week against Seattle, fourth and one, you pull everybody up tight and you hand the ball off to Jamal Williams. The whole That's the Seahawks in the 12s. They knew what was coming. And that's not even the Legion of Boom defense. So there's times that you like the call. Other times you don't. He's learning. Now, remember this. He's also calling the plays because Anthony Lynn has been an F as an offensive coordinator. And I joked with Dave Burkett from the Free Press yesterday on the, on the podcast. When will Anthony Lynn resign? Like 445 on Sunday? Because that's that train's done. But 
On the other side, Aaron Glenn's a really good D coordinator whose yep. defense is, 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 has been pretty good despite all of the injuries. I, I really done. liked that that move when they brought in Aaron Glenn and Anthony yeah. Lynn was the one where I was just sort of like, eh, is that the right thing? I, my, yeah. my case for Anthony Lynn when they got him was, this is going to be a run team, run team, run play action. That's the Jared Goff team. That's the DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams team. That's the we have this big mauling offensive line team. I just don't. If you get a better quarterback, and I don't know when that's going to happen, but eventually, if you want to play modern offense, you have to be more than that. So I understood in the short term why that made sense, because Jared Goff, by the way, probably going to be your quarterback next year, too. Right. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. Yeah. And so I still don't quite don't quite get what that was all about. Um, But. Or I guess I guess I got it at the time, but it it worked out about as well as I, I feared it would or could. Well, I just I think with on paper you say Swift Williams Craig Reynolds as your third running back mm-hmm. uh, who's come on and had a hundred yard game. The O line's good. Hawkinson's a Pro Bowler. Oh my God, St. Brown's breaking all these rookie receiving records. Man, they must be at least putting up 24, 27 a game or at least sniffing twenty, and they're not. Golf has thrown some poor. Uh, passes we mentioned Tim Boyle before um they have no depth the tight end and they just when they get in the red zone make some mistakes they've also gone through seven kickers this year uh the latest seven. guy Ryan seven yes yeah going back to training camp with Randy Bullock Matthew Wright oh, no. uh, Eldrick Rosas I could keep going uh <laughs> now it's Riley Patterson who's actually not bad but there have been games where they've you know, they would have scored three more and beaten the Steelers in overtime if Santoso, that's another one, Ryan Santoso, would have made that 47-yarder that wasn't even close. So those are the oh kind of God, games. It wasn't kind of, even close. Do you remember that kick? The Santoso I do remember that. I had epic. forgotten it until now, and no, now I remember it. Yes. It doesn't get any better. And Austin Seibert. So now I've mentioned them all. But uh, next year, they have to be better. And you got to – if you could throw a big playmaking receiver like a Jamison Williams or somebody from the draft, yeah. Um, in there on the opposite side of St. Brown or even on the same side in the slot. Maybe Josh Reynolds is the third guy. You get Cephas back. It's not horrible, but they're going to need better play at, at the quarterback position. I mean, you, you, no one knows better than you. I mean, you're seeing the best of the best right now. And golf is very, very average to below average most weeks. Great guy, great leader, has played hurt. It doesn't make enough throws. Do they at least go out? I mean, contractually, this is probably who they're going to roll with. The draft does not provide them with really many answers. They could go with a day two pick and and try and and find some upside. I don't I don't know that that's the right way to go. If I'm Detroit, do any of these like veterans that could be out there, the Marcus Mariotas of the world, do anything for you? Do you think? I mean, is that a, a path they could take to just come in and and compete at least? Or if Jared Goff gets hurt, you don't have to play Tim Boyle for three four weeks. They, you know, it's funny. Dan Campbell was asked about Boyle on Monday and, and said good things, and that's not a good sign. <laughs> I think you got to remember too; they're paying Golf thirty-one million next year. They've got a bunch of other bad contracts, including Trey Flowers, that are still on yeah. the books. Uh, they're still paying Jamie Collins next year, who's gone. So mm. they've got cap space, but they need a lot more help to sit here and go. We're going to spend seven, eight million on a Mariota to come in and compete. They probably don't have that money. I think they're going to draft a quarterback for the first time in who knows how long in one of the rounds. I just don't know when they've got the number two pick now and the number 28 or 29 pick now through the Rams. And then obviously a high number, a second round pick. So there you go. You've got three of the first, let's say 35 picks or something. One of those could be Malik Willis or Desmond Ritter, but those guys are great. 
This is not this is not a great QB class. So I don't think they're taking one at two. That's for sure. You don't want to be in a position to draft a quarterback where you have to convince yourself to take the guy. And, you know, if you're going to if you're going to make the case for Jordan Love, which, you know, I have at various points done, uh, though I've not always done it. Uh, that would be the Green Bay's case. We didn't want to take a guy when we felt like we had to, and then you're trying to fit a guy who's probably not as good as you want him to be at, at one of those spots. Maybe they love someone and they can take him at 28 or they can take him at 33 or 34, whatever it is, um, and and they can get this sorted out, going the right direction. A lot, a lot more to get to on our crossover edition, Locked on Packers, Locked on Lions. Peter Bukowski and Matt Derry, we want to tell you about an app that everyone should be using who buys gas. Get upside. You're already going to go to the gas station. You're probably going to get sticker shock at the pump. So why not make it a little easier on yourself and use get upside? Get upside is going to pay you 25 cents per gallon of gas. Every time you fill up, just use promo code touchdown and you can get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first fill up. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. The prices are already too Hi, some people who are driving a lot, they're making two to $300 a month in cash back. No catch. The money just goes into your account, bank account, PayPal, e-gift card, Amazon, whatever you're looking for, download the free GetUpside app and get paid. Get cash back for doing something you were already going to do. And if you use the promo code touchdown, you will get 50 cents per gallon cash back on that first order. All right, Matt and Pete with you. Matt Derry, Locked On Lions. Pete Rakowski on the Thursday crossover from the Locked On Packers podcast. Green Bay, the number one seed, coming to Ford Field for a, what should be a dandy on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I was just stunned. Like, I love Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Rodgers on Manning cast the other night. So he's like, oh, I'm playing. And Matt LaFleur, you know, same thing. We're playing our start. I don't know. I mean, I know we already touched on it a little bit. You've got guys coming back like Myers and, and and Bakhtiari and you need to get Jair Alexander out there. But uh, if they do play, they they can't play a lot, right? Come Sunday with with, with what you, this game means absolutely nothing to that team. So so Matt Lafleur, uh, right after by, by the way, right after the game on Sunday, said the same thing Aaron Rodgers did. I think three weeks is too long, and my gut is right now that our guys are going to play. Um, and and I don't think that's done without having had some sort of discussion about it at some point with with his players the players want Devontae Adams needs 21 yards to become the uh, single season uh, reception leader in in Green Bay history so um, he wants to play I'm sure Aaron Rodgers uh, wants to shut up Hubba Markish and and go out and throw five six touchdowns (laughs) so that he has to vote for him for MVP and you know I I think these guys feel like hey we're rolling like let's not take our foot off the gas pedal Let's take the bye week. Let's refresh. But we got a game this Sunday. Let's go play it. Now, are they going to play four quarters? I don't think so. Matt LaFleur said, look, our mentality is to go into Detroit and try and win a football game. And and he sort of demurred when he was asked about if our guys going to play two quarters, they can play a quarter, they can play three quarters. And he was basically like, we're not looking at it that way. I promise you, Matt, they are looking at it that way. Uh, They have an idea in mind. This is going to be like the second or third preseason game. They have an idea in mind of how many snaps, how many drives, how many quarters they want the starters to be out there. And based on the game flow, they will decide from there. If the Packers go up 14, nothing in the first two quarter or first two drives, the guys are coming out. Like that's just, they're coming out. 
Um, now, you know, if it's, if it's 10, seven through the first quarter and, and they don't look really sharp, I think they might stay in a little bit longer, but I have a hard time seeing them playing past a half. What I think they want to do is start fast. They want to come out because they haven't really started fast all season. And that's really the only, the only knock on the offense, which has been in aggregate. Awesome is their first quarter offense is like bottom five in the league. And then they're the best second quarter team of like the last five years. And it doesn't make any sense. The Lions saw it in the first game. What do they go? 17 nothing in that game or something like yeah. that? And then 34 yeah. straight from Green Bay. So they want to come out hot. They they'd love to come out and make this a 14-nothing game, a 17-3 game, a 20 to 7 game, and then rest everybody in a in a perfect world. The Lions, you know, it's going to be up to them to try and say, you're not doing that on us. Did, did you think, Pete, that, that the Packers would be this good? I mean, they are the one seed, and everybody was talking about, oh, Brady's going to repeat with Tampa. Uh, Matthew Stafford, of course, got a lot of love in L.A. The NFC is clearly the better conference, to, uh, at least yeah. top-heavy-wise. Did you think Green Bay was going to be this good? I, I thought Green Bay would be one of the three best teams in the league again. I thought that there was a pretty clear four-team hierarchy coming into the season, Tampa, Green Bay, Kansas City, and Buffalo. Um, I don't actually think LA is in that group because I don't and have never trusted Matthew Stafford. Um, and, and you and I can disagree on that and that's fine. If no, we do. No, no. I, I'm actually with you on it, but lions fans, uh, uh, they, they'll, they'll see your Twitter. So that's all right. Uh, they'll, they'll, they've already seen the tweets. Um, and the Rams fans are already mad. They're like, you tweet more about the Rams and the Packers. And I'm like, mm, you might want to check the timeline. But so I, I, what I didn't expect was for some of these players who've stepped up, guys like Devondre Campbell, out of nowhere. I mean, he was a he was a journeyman. He's on his third team in three years, and has come out and been a Pro Bowl caliber player at inside linebacker. And he was, I, I thought, the biggest Pro Bowl snub. I mean, Pro Football Focus has had him as a top five graded linebacker all year. Russell Douglas, I think, since he came to Green Bay, is a top yeah. ten corner by by PFF. He's been great. A handful of pick sixes saved the, their their game in Arizona. That is the kind of thing that you just can't predict. And you and you would be dumb to predict. Oh, yeah. So here's what the Packers are going to do. They're going to pluck a guy off a practice squad who's going to become, a, a you know, top 15 corner in the league for the, the remainder of the season. And they're going to pay two million dollars for a journeyman linebacker. And he's going to turn into a top 10 linebacker in the league. No, if you predicted that you would be an idiot. But in this case, you'd be right. So I, I didn't see that coming. What I also am surprised by is the offensive line. If you had told me at the beginning of the season, David Bakhtiari would not play one snap until week 18 and might not even play week 18, that Elton Jenkins would play, what did he play, six games this year, eight games, um, that Josh Myers would miss more than half the season, that Jair Alexander would miss more than half the season, that Zadaria Smith would miss essentially the entire season, and that they would be 14 and three or 13 and four and the number one seed in the NFC. Hell no, Matt. Hell no. And so yeah, who's I'm the left, who's the left tackle now. It's they're not, it's the third. Josh Neisman, their third, their third stringer. He's been great. He's been, he's been really good. Who would have thought like, it's just yeah. one of those things. Those things I think were very unpredictable and it's why I think the Packers are so scary because they're the best team in the league without David Bakhtiari, without Jair Alexander. And now Josh Myers is coming back and Randall Cobb is coming back. Like, they could be really, really scary here in January. All right, take me through Sunday because let's say Rodgers plays a little bit. They put go up, you know, put up some points, and they pull these guys out of there. And again, Lions fans are going. The diehards that are going to go are going to go to try to see them win. 
I did watch Jordan Love, obviously, the other night in primetime against the Vikings. Um, <laughs> that poor Kellen Mon kid. <laughs> but, like, Jordan Love is – where – I mean, if he plays a lot, what do you expect? I mean, has he gotten any better? Because I can't tell. That is the hard thing to tell. Has he gotten better? I, I, if you ask people in the building, uh, you will get – I think you'll get mixed answers. Um and, and I've, I've talked to people in and outside the building, um, talked to people who've talked to people. And it's one of those weird things where um, it's a little bit of a Rorschach test. He's certainly gotten better. And I think, I think most people will say he's gotten better. It's the degree to which he's gotten better. And um, you're starting to see some of the flashes of the arm talent. But I was, I was disappointed with the plan for him with Kansas, against Kansas City. It felt like an Aaron Rodgers plan, um, not a Jordan Love plan. And so what I'd like to see, and I said this on our show yesterday, I'd like to see them really lean into the LaFleur concept stuff, the Shanahan tree stuff, under center, play action, um, deep shots, rather than trying to do the Aaron Rodgers, let's play empty, um, let's play a bunch of shotgun, although he's he you know used to shotgun at Utah State. I want to see if, if Matt LaFleur could just call whatever play he wanted to call, what plays would he call? I want, I want the Jordan Love package. I want zone reads. I want, I want that kind of stuff. And... Um, I don't know if we're going to get it. I have been impressed by some of the progress that he has made. The footwork has been better. The command of the offense has been better. Um, he, he the throws he can make some some wild throws, and when he sees it cleanly and he plays in rhythm, man, he looks really good. And when the, the misses right now are what makes you go, what is that? And you know, there's there's uh, he needs the reps. He needs the reps. So this is this is great for him. You know, it, whether he plays well or plays crappy, I think this is a great opportunity for him to get some snaps against a live NFL defense in a game that counts. Does it matter? No, but it counts. And yeah. and that's different than the preseason. And it's against a team that's going to try. So uh, right. we'll see how that uh, how that goes. But uh, Pete, always fun, my friend. We appreciate everybody uh, making us your first listen. Matt Derry, Peter Bukowski, Locked on Lions, Locked on Packers, the Thursday crossover. All right. Thanks to Matt for joining the show. Great to talk to him. Uh, we had a little beard battle for those of you who could uh, uh, see us on YouTube. If you have, if you aren't following it on YouTube, uh, go check it out and uh, we, we can, uh, you know, you get to see what we look like. Some people are, I started doing YouTube and they were like, wait, that's what you look like. I had no idea. I'm like, well, I do have like photos on Twitter and a Twitter avatar and an Instagram page and stuff like that. But anyway, that's that part of it. I, I don't want to end uh, without showing you uh, Aaron Rodgers' response to uh, Habarkish down uh, in, in Chicago and his response to saying he would not vote for Aaron Rodgers for MVP because he thinks Aaron Rodgers is a jerk and a bad person. Here's what Aaron had to say. I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. He doesn't know me. I don't know who he is. No one knew who he was probably until yesterday's comments. But I mean, to and I listened to the comments, but to say he had his mind made up in the summertime, in the offseason that, you know, I had zero chance of winning the VP. In my opinion, should exclude, you know, future, future votes. Um, you know, his problem isn't with me being a bad guy or the biggest jerk in the league. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know anything about me. I mean, I've never met him. I've never had lunch with him. I've never had an interview with him. Um, his problem is I'm not vaccinated. 
you know, so if he wants to go on a crusade and collude and come up with an, an extra letter to put on the award just for this season and make it the most valuable vaccinated player, then he should do that. But he's a bum, and I'm not going to waste any time worrying about that stuff. He has no idea who I am. He's never, never talked to me in his life. Now, look, I, I had some takes on Twitter. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole today. Um, I, I I think it's interesting that rather than just say, uh, well, it turns out I own the Bears and he's mad about that. And, and he just I never had a chance and leave it at that. He had to become a victim. I don't know why he felt that was necessary, um, but he feels strongly about that. So that's fine, I guess. Um, but he's right. It's it's stupid to not vote for him for MVP because you're you're mad at him or you're you think he's being a diva or whatever. Like, that's not the point. That's not the MVP. Those of you who have listened to me for a long time know I have my criticisms of Aaron Rodgers and how and some of the things that he's dealt with. I don't have an MVP vote, but it would not bother me in my MVP voting how he handled anything over the last year. It would not affect my MVP vote one iota. Um, and, and you guys know I have been as critical of him about that stuff as anyone. So it, it, it can both be true that what Hub said was lame and embarrassing and he should not have a vote if that's how he's going to handle this. Um, and also that there was no need for for Rogers to become a martyr on vac status. That's that was not what this was about. Um, and, and we don't have to make it any dumber than it was. It was already pretty dumb. So just not to say that they're equal. They're not. But that, it, that could have been handled better. Um, but the dunk is great. And we all appreciate the dunks on dumb stuff that um, bears adjacent people have to say. So that's where we are. That's what we're doing. We'll be back tomorrow. Happy hour for our Friday show, 530 Central on YouTube, 630 East. Subscribe on our YouTube page. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.